0: Vodka. 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 Vodka o'clock. Hey, everyone, it's Amber Love from Vodka Talk Podcast and com. Don't forget, we're labeled as an explicit website and podcast, um, even though I don't really think I'm going to get too foul today. So, uh, nonetheless, if you're under 18, just consider this a warning. Uh, I don't know if there's any spoilers that we need to worry about today. But, welcome back to the show. J.K. Woodward, thanks for being here.
1: Sure, sure. Great to be hey. here. I, uh, so I actually, before a- we even start, I wanted to get your opinion. I've probably already talked about this, but I know you're a psycho. So, what did you think of the finale, yeah. psych?
0: Of psych? Oh God, I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, so did I. So did yeah. I. And it didn't feel that like as finale-ish as most finales. You know, it was like a. It had all the magic of a, like a regular episode. They didn't like dwell on the. You know, this is the last one. This is the last one. You know, other than the fact that he was trying to tell Gus the whole time. But
0: <laughs> right, that's what was. It was really cool about it was it felt more like the end of a season.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it had some really cool, uh, like uh, an Easter egg in there for Monk. I don't know if you caught that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like so fun because I was wondering. I'm like, oh, they're they're relocating to Santa Barbara and. Like, oh, wait, not Santa Barbara. That's where they were to San Francisco, and all I could think about was Monk. And I'm like, well, same network. Wouldn't that be a great crossover?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, when Psych started out, it was like the 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 uh, the show after Monk. You know, before before it really I got hooked on it. It was like, oh, I'll watch it. It's that show after Monk. Uh, Right. So it was always kind of connected to it in that way. But yeah, that was kind of cool. I liked it. I was sad to see it go though, because I'm gonna miss that show. But.
0: I know, me too, but it's like, God, can you believe it's been that many years? It doesn't feel like it.
1: No, not at all.
0: Yeah, no, it's it does it. I'm like, God, this can't have been on this long, because I, it seems like the, the British TV shows don't really, they don't do their seasons the way that we do our seasons.
1: No, but well, they don't so, call them seasons. They call them series. Yeah. They're English.
0: Yeah, and we just steal all their stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah I've, it's it's funny because I, I think I follow... Uh, a couple of the cast members from psych on Twitter and like Dulé Hills doing a lot of Broadway work. So I, I see his name come up so often and it's just uh, like, it's exciting to see that I'm sure they, they wrapped up filming so long ago and mm-hmm. they've been, they've all been really busy doing new things already.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, did you see the psych after show What <laughs> some of them looked like? Um Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Looked like Charlie Manson a little bit. He had the big bush beard. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They all,
0: they all seem to be sporting the beards. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. But psych, uh, psych was a fun show for a lot of reasons because it didn't take itself seriously and um, still had mysteries.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was always a lot of fun and it always had those, uh, those lovely references that, uh, you know, old people like so much 80s references. I love-
0: yeah, a lot of 80s references and nerd references. Yeah. They did a whole little like Comic-Con episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um
0: but uh I'm also really digging though to sort of uh discover some new things is the new show Mind Games mm. with with uh Christian Slater and Steve Zahn. I'm kind of digging the show.
1: Really? I have I haven't given it a chance yet. I it's one of those things I plan to get get to. But that's been a, that's been a full season already, right?
0: No, not quite. I think it's like a half a season in, oh. basically. I mean, it's sort of like one of those. It's one of those winter seasons, mm-hmm. so it's like four or five episodes in right now. Oh,
1: okay, that's well, not too late. I'll give it a chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Um, and then, I mean, I I love to marathon stuff, so a lot of times I'm late to the game on shows anyway, yeah. and I just you yeah. know wait until they're on Netflix and then just
1: you know it is more fun it. that way. I'm I'm doing yeah. that with Game of Thrones this weekend. One of the HBO channels is just playing it, like, for two days, all, all the seasons.
0: So, yeah, Mind Games is, like, really cool because it's kind of filling in my uh, my void that I'm missing from Leverage and Monk together. Mm-hmm. And because it's got a team environment, but the guy is, like, got these mental problems and stuff, and he's really OCD, but he's a genius and everything. So it's... um. It's sort of like they took other shows that haven't been on for a while and just mushed them together in order to, to fill that in. Oh, that's cool. It's a really nice – yeah, really good cast. I really enjoy the cast a lot.
1: Check it out. I remember I heard about it, and Christian Slater was enough for me just to see him come back because <laughs> it seemed like he's yeah. been, he's been gone for a while. And so that was enough to get me to want to watch it, but it's just, like I said, there's so much good TV out now. We're like in the golden age of TV, I swear. Oh, cable, anyway, yeah, as I long know. as you have cable. Cable. <laughs>
0: That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. And now it's like, uh, I don't know, it's it's April, but for some reason, there's so much basketball on that's like my TNT shows are not on right now. And I'm really confused. I'm like, what are you doing? March Madness was March, right?
1: <laughs> I, don't
0: I, don't, I don't know how this works.
1: <laughs> uh, Don't ask me. I'm not a big basketball guy. I'm more a baseball guy. Um, and if basketball is anything like baseball, pretty soon the season's just, like baseball is just taking over. Pretty soon it's going to be all year round.
0: <laughs> it is. Since yeah. The it seasons seems like... get
1: bigger every ten years or so.
0: Yeah, it feels like they're they're never ending. Fine with me. <laughs> yeah. So, but baseball had um, like the big controversy that one guy like took two games off because his wife had a baby. Like, what the hell's up with that? Like, get the fuck over. What? <laughs> Seriously? That's an that's an argument. <laughs>
1: Were they away games or something? Or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, have, I don't know, I, I I know think what. About it. I have to look it up.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so that's as this as nerdy as I can get, sports <laughs> ball wise.
1: <laughs> okay, fair. Is that, I've,
0: is that I watched the news <clears throat> and saw that. <laughs> Um, but we've, there's like so much, uh, so much cool nerd stuff going on these days because like Captain America is like supposed to be like the best movie ever made. I don't know. That's what people are saying. Haven't, haven't seen it,
1: Mm -hmm. but, uh, I saw it. I actually, uh, I'm usually the last one to see a movie because my work schedule is so crazy, but I decided with this one, I was just going to, uh, I checked Fandango. I said, if if there's tickets, it's, it was Thursday night. If there's a midnight show, I'm going. And there was a 10 o'clock show. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going early. Uh, and it was great. It was great. I, I I don't know if I if I'll go with all that hyperbole, saying the best movie ever, but or the best comic movie ever. But it was it was a great movie.
0: My favorite superhero movie is still The Incredibles.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'd go with that.
0: <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> um, saying your favorite and,
1: Star Trek movie is uh, Galaxy Quest, which I kind of agree with yeah. too. But you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, I know I do too. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> but speaking of Star Trek, what do you have going on?
1: Well, um, actually, I, this is very exciting. I, I thought after the uh, Star Trek Doctor, Doctor Who crossover um, that it would never get better than this, but it actually did. I, I don't know if better, but it's just as exciting in a different way. Um, working on the original Harlan Ellison script for City on the Edge of Forever. Now, uh, that was an episode that uh, featured – that was actually aired on the original series.
0: You was going to say that was, that was original.
1: Yep, so. that was original. So this is going to be original cast. It's going to be the uh, – Uh, Shatner and Nimoy and all those. But um, it was actually a kind of controversial episode. If you're a sci-fi nerd at all, Um, you've heard of Harlan Ellison. Um, And he and Gene Roddenberry didn't quite see eye to eye on this episode. There was lots of controversy behind it. And Harlan was very, uh, let's say, outspoken about it. (laughs) Um, And um, he had a very different script originally. Um, Well, not very different. A lot of the elements were still there, but, um, you know, because of TV constraints, budget, special effects, um, and the fact that, you know, in TV you have committee people that that just change scripts. I mean, a lot of people just accept this as the nature of the beast. Um, Harlan really didn't, (laughs) and he's never really – I guess it was a lot of miscommunication. There was a lot of things Gene Roddenberry said about his original script that weren't true and – or, or that were misquoted or, and stuff like that. So Harlan has been bothered by this for a while. He's always wanted to get his script out there. And he actually published the script in a book with a big forward about the whole story. Um, but now we, we, we wanted something visual, so we decided we'll do the comic. And we're going to do his original script as it was meant to be in the episode um, as a five-issue limited miniseries.
0: Okay, because I don't, I don't really think of Harlan Ellison for some reason. I don't associate him with TV scripts. Uh, it's just because I'm not well-versed in his work. Um,
1: well, now, is does, this, he, <laughs> I don't think he does that much TV after this, but um, this was in yeah, know, the 60s.
0: Yeah, well, like you said, it's part of the process. Um, I, I listen to some uh, writing podcasts, and it's just it's just interesting how you can be uh, making a living as a professional writer out there in hollywood and nothing you do ever gets made yeah like you're just constantly your pilots are being bought and you're getting an income but they never actually go anywhere or if you're selling rights um and you're getting optioned and stuff like that those get renewed every couple of years and whatever and you're getting an income from that um so just really interesting to hear these stories of like well, well, what have you done? Well, yeah. nothing. You've seen no.
1: <laughs> I've I've written ten scripts this week, but nothing you've seen. You know? yeah, <laughs> nothing it's, you've seen. And, it's, and sometimes they'll even buy scripts just to uh, you know cut the pieces out they like and put them together with other scripts. I mean, and then they have to buy the script if you have a good lawyer. Um, so you'll sell a script and then have nothing recognizable or not even really a credit. You know, and it's just kind of weird how <laughs> in comic books it's so kind of the opposite of that. You know, you're used to working where you have your name put on the cover and it's your thing. And, you know, um, editorial gets involved a little bit, but, you know, you very rarely have to change your art after it's done. They just kind of guide you in the beginning. Um, So it's kind of like a, it's a very different industry. And it's not uh, very rarely outside of being an actor, do you get like name recognition? You're sort of just part of a committee, part of a team.
0: I think think
1: that was hard for, for, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was saying – and I think that was what was hard for Harlan to work with because he's a very much an individual.
0: True. He's a, he's a maverick. So yeah. <laughs> um, when I think about uh, adapting a TV show and, you know, and we've got some really good quality comics that have done this. Um, and Buffy isn't really – it's different because it's not taking one of those episodes. It's continuing – the entire show, and there's a lot of books that do that, too. Um, The Bionic Man is out now doing that. Um, Well, Six Million Dollar Man, I should say. And Farscape. I mean, there's all these books that have done this sort of thing, but I was wondering, I mean, we're talking about shows back from the 60s, and you're going to be working on likenesses from back then. And I know Mm -hmm. that I've obviously seen the cast of the Enterprise, but now – like. Is there something special? Like, is somebody going to say, like, this is the episode with a Joan Collins character, right?
1: Yeah, that's it.
0: Okay, so, like, does somebody have to say, but you can't draw Joan Collins because she never signed off? Or or is it just, like, no.
1: a um, done deal? It, that's usually, that's more of um, CBS's problem, because um, they're the ones that own the right to Star Trek, and we get the rights from them, and they work out all the likeness rights with the uh, individual's. Um, but with with Joan Collins, that's a good question, and it's something – I was on uh, Word Balloon recently, and, and John asked me the same thing, and I still haven't checked up on it because, quite frankly, I don't want to find out the answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's
0: understandable.
1: I'm on issue two. We haven't gotten to that character yet uh, because in the original script – and I, I want to be clear that this is not going to be um, what you saw in the original episode. This is kind of like doing a season 10 of X-Files or something. It is very much like the show, but it's also very different. Okay. cool, because it's going to be his original script. And he had a lot of things happen before they even went back in the 30s in the original script. Um, And like I said, the first two issues are stuff you that has nothing to do with what you saw in the original episode. But to answer your question, when we get to the Joan Collins part, I am going to have to ask that. (laughs) And I would kind of prefer to make this a whole new character because it is a very different script. Um, and not use her like this and just create a character around, you know, for this. Um, But they'll either tell me I have to do that, or they'll they'll tell me they don't want me to do that. I'll (laughs) have to find out eventually.
0: Right, and is this... Right now, uh, I got
1: till the middle of issue three before I even have to worry. Sorry?
0: Okay. But is this, um, because the Star Trek book, are they still IDW?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's IDW. IDW um yeah. I mentioned CBS only because they deal with the business end of the Star Trek property. Sure. The actors stuff. But no, it's IDW. IDW has the property rights from C D S. There's a lot of chefs involved in this soup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're working directly with Harlan. Um the same team from the Star Trek Doctor Who, uh, Dave and Scott Tipton are doing the adaption from the script. So um we we pretty much got the band back together for this so it's going to be the same as as Star Trek Doctor Who but we're also working uh with Harlan directly which is kind of a big thrill for me as a sci-fi fan um
0: well, of course I mean, I mean but even just as a creator because he's he's one of these go-to people that we we look up to and and just look at his wisdom you know if you will mm-hmm. to, like you try to learn from him because of all of the experience, and like you said, very opinionated. Um, one of one of his big things that I see people tweet the most is his little uh, YouTube clip about pay the writer. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because that really doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen so much in comics. <laughs> uh,
1: I remember um, just because of those clips, I was I was a little scared to meet him because um, he's he's um, say a say vi- a he He's it's, you mentioned wisdom. It's angry wisdom, though. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 there's a frustration to him, and he does, doesn't—he um, doesn't even bother with a filter for that. You know, um, I I'd watched a movie called uh, Dreams with Sharp Teeth, which was basically his life story. It was a documentary about him. Um, and I, you know, after watching that, I'm like, I, I don't want to get yelled at by this guy. <laughs> and, and I had to meet him for this project, and I was like, I was very nervous about it. And then I sat down, and I watched the movie with my wife, and she goes, he's he's just like you. He reminds me of you. It's <laughs> like, oh, God.
0: Well, it's, yeah, that's what I'm that's, turning into. Uh, Neil Adams has that, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't he the one that's, like, really mean to people?
1: <laughs> and it's, yeah. not to,
0: it's, not, it's not to be mean, yeah. but it's to be very real, like, yeah. so incredibly real.
1: Yeah, there's, there's no politics. There's no manners even you know you could say yeah. um he doesn't suffer fools lightly and uh you know some people love him some people hate him for it you know but it's he is what he is and um i mean i personally think it's great because i've, I've had an, you know enough people blow smoke up my ass and i just get a little sick of it you know so it's nice to have somebody who who will tell you in no uncertain terms if he likes or doesn't like something and the thing is i've also seen another side of harlan um where he will unquestionably praise you if he likes something. So it's not just negative. Um, He's just very outspoken, you know, and and of course the negative stuff seems to be more entertaining to people, but, but he's just as outspoken when he likes something. So.
0: So what's, uh, who's your editor on this? Is it Bobby or?
1: No, we're working with uh, Chris Ryle himself. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I think he's one. He was the one that was really excited about this and put this together um, from the beginning. This is something I've known about for six months. He actually called me about it and told me, and um, it's been something I've not been able to talk about until about two or three weeks ago. Um, but it was it was one of those things where we had to nail it down, you know. Uh, but it was a project he's been trying to do for a long time. He thought we all thought it would make a great comic.
0: Well, I mean, I'm glad that he recognized. Obviously, you guys have you've worked for IDW forever, it seems, and um, you know they they know who the right team members should be i mean that you you know you're one of the biggest star trek nerds i've ever met in my life
1: <laughs> um as as are the tiptons as well um so and it it and i'm i'm really happy that he put the team back together you know because i enjoyed working with scott and dave on on the um star trek doctor who crossover um and we kind of had an understanding like you said we're we're all big star trek nerds so this this is a huge thrill and we can just I mean, it's a a joy to give them a call when I have a question about the script and and offer ideas. And, you know, this is something we'd probably do um, as, you know, this is probably stuff we did in high school just for fun. And we're doing it for a job.
0: I was just thinking that. I'm like, I'm like, I bet this was your fan fiction. I'm like, I bet you already were doing this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, um, so how many projects are you working on at one time?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm actually working on, um, well, technically three, um, but I think the other two, the other two, one of them is 49 Key, and that's um, something that, that is going to be um, direct-to-trade paperback, or actually hardcover. It's an Archaea book, uh, and that needs to be done by you know the early autumn, um, so I'm kind of working on that in the background, but that's probably going to be put aside because this project is taking so much out of me right now. I'm, I'm kind of putting in like 100 hour work weeks as it is. So, but either way. It's normal for you. Yeah, yeah it is, really. <laughs> so it's hard to, it's, with painted comics, it's hard to uh, do several projects at once. But by the time issue four of this is out, I will be done um, 49th key. And I believe that comes out sometime in the late autumn. Uh, and I'm also working on something with um, Chris Kapiniak who uh, his only comic credit, he's actually a, a Broadway actor, but he he did have one comic credit that I don't always like to mention, even though I loved it. It's the Nightcrawler miniseries in like 2001. Okay. Uh, it was one of my favorite X, X miniseries, but uh, didn't do too well. But uh, he is a great writer, and we're working on something called Behemoth. It's a four-issue miniseries. And that will probably be out late next year and then i'm working on something with tony lee
0: <laughs> oh my goodness
1: which is called Imerta, and it's a crime uh horror story so which is something i would wanted to do for so long because my style tends to be kind of crime horror genre
0: it really is yeah, yeah.
1: Well,
0: that's why fallen angel was like your thing
1: yeah well that's coming back too
0: Oh, thank goodness!
1: yeah we're, we're actually it's way too early to talk about it officially, but um, let's just say that um, me and Peter ha- did talk in London.
0: Okay. And
1: when this is done, we're going to be talking more about that. So
0: I remember because you got you were just like I was so upset when it when it ended, and you were like just just accept the ending, just accept this ending, and be happy about it. Yeah. yeah. It was like psych. It was like you know, it was like a chapter. <laughs>
1: You know, I, I never thought it was an end, though. I mean, if anybody who's read the, the last miniseries, Return of the Sun, it felt like a very much a finale. Um, but I don't think it was, you know, and I think I think there are a <clears throat> spoiler alert <laughs> Bat Noir was destroyed. The city that, that they dwelled in, it's kind of like if in a Batman book, if Gotham got destroyed, Right. you know, um, but then the characters just spread out all over the place. So there's so many stories to tell now because it was an ensemble cast and they have no home and they all went their different ways and who knows what's out there, you know? So, um, I think the next miniseries probably going to be the most exciting and we're going to do a, we were talking about doing like a campaign with it too, like, see if we can get, uh, maybe a 10 page free comic book, um, sold through Comicsology or something that catches everybody up. You know, if you've never read Fallen Angel, kind of give you the. Uh, oh, that's
0: pretty good. Like a like a preview.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Just know. just something that'll just tell the story so that you're up to speed. So everything's relevant, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, maybe get some of the back issues, get some deals on those up there but just before the mini comes out. So, if you know, I basically I want there's so many people that haven't read this this book and I think it's great. It's my favorite thing to work on. And if there's any way I can get like more people on board, that's what I'm going to focus on, you know, before the uh, before the new miniseries comes out.
0: Well, that that's good. I mean, I I always thought it was very underappreciated too, which seemed so strange because it's it it answers the fans' questions and the fans' demands about what they want to see in characters and in story, and I'm like you know you would be one of those people to be pointing out like waving you know going this is it read this and you know and peter had the same response you know at times he would do writer's panels and stuff and uh, people are like oh we want a female character that's like this and like this and has these qualities and we want uh, you know we don't want her to be an object uh, uh, you know for for a man to go save all the time and it's it was interesting how it's been there and somehow got missed. But if you were to stamp, I don't know, like a a different publisher on it or show more boobs, I don't know. It's just like it's it's bizarre that it, the, the w- attention that something like the new uh, Captain Marvel and those things are getting and it's like it, it's like I don't understand how the publicity was different enough that uh, that caught on with people, but something like Fallen Angel didn't. Like, I I don't know what the disconnect is in the family. Yeah,
1: it's a strange phenomenon because it it happens often um, where, um, you know, everybody demands this, uh, you know, this is what we want and you give them exactly what they want and somehow they don't hear about it or it just, you know. Part of it is the retailers, it's hard to get them to take a chance on something, even with Peter David's name on it. Um, but I don't think it's just that because, uh, you know, you can go to your retailer and ask for stuff if the, if the words out there it's it really is strange. Um, this has happened. I, I can cite a few examples, which I'm not going to. But uh, <laughs> where this has happened, where where the, um, you know, exactly what you asked for is done and or what you keep hearing on the internet anyways. It, it, I wonder if there's a disconnect between what people are asking for in sales and, and what makes that occur.
0: Well, what's, what will be interesting when it's time I mean time that's a whole
1: topic for, onto itself though. We could talk about that for hours.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean we should definitely – we could have like a panel sometime at a show for that. Um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But what's interesting is that when it comes time then for this new volume of, of Fallen Angels to start hitting, like you, you mentioned Comixology – That stuff wasn't there. There. That whole outlet didn't even exist when when the book was out. So now there's so much more potential to say, okay, maybe it didn't work with those uh, maybe in print. Maybe it didn't work with those stores. Let's try this.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, comicology is another way. Um, that makes it a little easier to reach out to to the mainstream too, not just the comic book people. Um, because everybody has a has an iPad or a phone. Um where not every town has a comic book store.
0: That's uh, true. So that it, or people that might be uncomfortable if they've heard, you know sure. if they're too whatever. Yep. They've heard unfortunate things about going to a comic book store, which is sad but happens. Um, it, it's
1: true. It's like yeah.
0: it's like the people that, that all bought like fifty shades of grey on their on yeah. their iPads instead. <laughs> Because I didn't want anybody to see them. Well, you can
1: read the stuff on the bus and nobody will know what you're reading. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're know. you reading a comic book. I know you
1: are. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the, these are, you know, you've got to use the tools that you have at the time. So uh, I, I think I agree with you. It's going to be much easier now with um, something like comiXology where somebody on a whim can just pick something up, especially if it's like just like a 10-page freebie or something uh, and give it a shot. You know, um, and I think the there's a lot of other things, like even if we couldn't do that, we could just do a PDF that you can download from from uh, the IDW site or something. But, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be comiXology. But, you know, there. I think what I want to focus on is just accepting the fact that not everybody's read this and let's get you all caught up. And I think that's going to affect the success of the new mini and maybe, you know, maybe we'll get a whole new audience and we'll do a lot more great things with Fallen Angel in the future. You know, maybe we'll get another series again. Because, I mean, this did go three years. It wasn't a failure. Um, and it and it did have two minis after the, the three years of the series. So I just think with especially with Peter David writing, it should have gotten much better numbers than it did.
0: Right. And he's um, he's also part of the Star Trek like group, isn't he? Peter David. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah he um he created new frontier, which is a, right. a great a group of characters you'll never see on t v or movies but or maybe hopefully one day um but the novels were incredible and then later uh there was a miniseries from i d w that continued the stories of captain calhoun um and he he does what he does in comics he takes all the characters that everybody gave up on um <clears throat> like captain jellico and and um I forget the name of that uh commander that was up for... doesn't matter. He takes a, a few B-list characters uh, or C-list characters from Next Generation, throws them in there, creates a f- uh, few more characters around them, and then comes up with this great crew that, that you know, if if you first heard about it, you'd be like, what? <laughs> it seems so, so strange that he would choose these characters, but they become interesting. And it's kind of what he did with, you know, Multiple Man. In x But
0: like... But like you said, it's, you know, so obviously, there should be a massive Peter David fan base. And, uh, you know, if they can, if they can just take a chance on something that's uh, not licensed property, and take it and say, you know, but this is his other vision, and this is his other passion, give this a shot. It's you know, it would be
1: nice. Yeah, well, definitely. And it, it's funny because I'm thinking of like all the all the times we did signings together, or I was next to him at a con or something, and just hear him talking to fans. Um, and they'll always say, "I buy everything you've done." And he and he, well, oh, so you've read Fallen Angel? And they'd be what? What? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it is it is strange because n- nobody's heard of this. When they say everything he's done, they're talking about property work he's done. You know, whether, whether it be Marvel or whether it be Star Trek or. But, I mean, this was 100% his, and it's – in my opinion, it's his best stuff, having actually read everything he's done.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I certainly enjoyed it, and because I didn't know what – like what it was about. I had no preconceived notions going into it. So it was just like – here's – I think I was filing the books at the comic shop the one day, and that's when I saw them. And it was the covers that drew me in and I was like, Oh, okay, well what is this? And I flipped through and I'm, okay, well this is interesting. And then it was when the omnibus came out, I was like, now I can like read it. Now I can mm-hmm. f- get really get invested in, in in what this is. And that was a great you know, uh,
1: experience. Cool. I'm I'm glad you you know, like I wish that, that was a more common story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um it actually started at D C too. I don't know if many people knew this, but yeah. there was um what was there 20 issues at DC Uh, and it was basically uh, they decided to go a different direction on Supergirl when he was working on that at the time. He had all these ideas. He had stuff he wanted to do and they said, well, what, you know what, create your own character and and we'll run it in the DCU. Um, And the only reason it would probably still be at DC doing great if they hadn't insisted on keeping it in the DCU and went to more of like a vertigo or something with it and that's kind of the change that it made when it went to idw
0: that's definitely the feel of it yeah. um because they like these imprints do have sort of a a specific feel and, and um tone themes that come up um and yeah vertigo definitely feels more like that
1: yeah um, I, I feel like if dc had, had not tried to make it a dcu book and made it like a just its own vertigo book um they probably would have got better numbers. It probably would have I mean, it, they would have found their audience there i mean
0: would have it would be interesting if there were multiple appearances of her if if we saw more of the uh, cheesy version, it, like, appearing in JLI, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> or, or now they have uh, Justice League Dark. Like, tell me she doesn't fit in Justice League Dark. I mean, it's...
1: Yeah. Well, I just I just have a feeling if, like, she ever met Batman or something, she'd be like, oh, give me a break.
0: <laughs>
1: you yeah, know? totally. Her, her attitude would just grow up, you know? Bat ha- suit? How really?
0: How would she not have an affair with Constantine? How yeah. would that...
1: Oh. <laughs> she, she's got a string of bad choices with men, so... <laughs>
0: Um now so I know that you've uh because like I said you seem to do so much IDW work but it's cool that you you know you're going over to Arcana and you've got things in, in multiple places now um but I remember that what was had you tied up for a really long time and not sleeping I guess ever was you were working on a game Oh and right. that I wanted to hear all about this because I, I like to hear about different processes and like writing is one process and the art of comics is one process. But here we're talking about a game that is part of uh part of the branding of Kill Shakespeare, right? Yeah. Yep. Which is a comic book. It
1: was – yeah, IDW – I'm sorry. I got a cold so I'm – if I hack on you sometimes. Um, <laughs> IDW – No, hack on them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh idw um started a, a game division and they started it with uh two of uh i i think their best properties is just kill shakespeare and 30 days a night um and i uh i got tagged for the kill shakespeare one and basically did all the interior art for the game which means basically the cards um and it was great fun because i got to do my take on every single one of the characters basically um and then there were wanted posted versions of the same characters. Uh there were some scenes uh for different parts of the games, like um like you know, action scenes. There was um, let's see what else like like basically sets, like places. So I do the docks, I draw the docks, I draw the woods. Um I think my favorite was a character uh Puck from um Midsummer Night's Dream. And they draw him more as sort of a woodland. Almost fairy folk. You know, you always picture Puck as sort of just a midget in the story, but they draw him like like this weird tree elf, um, creature, (laughs) imp type thing. Um, So I get to paint my version of that, which was a lot of fun. But it was a different experience for me because I was just – it was – I felt like a painter again. Finally, I wasn't storytelling anymore. It's almost like doing covers. I could just kind of tell the story with one picture and leave the rest up to interpretation. It was just – Kind of fun it was like I used to um do a lot of work like that when I was canvas painting um, before I got back into storytelling art so it it's it's i I wouldn't want to do it forever I wouldn't want to ever be just a cover painter or just um you know a game card guy because i I do love um, sequential art, but it's nice to get away from it once in a while and kind of take off the shackles and just do whatever you want what's
0: the um editorial process like for that if somebody says okay draw this scene or this character are you doing uh, thumbnail sketches and then sending them to the the writer or sending them to an edit a publisher i mean how how is the process um,
1: <clears throat> on on a few things there were uh, sketches to be done um but most of it the characters were already developed inside in the um, in the book so they just said you know do a real version of this character and it's, you know, the, the art in the book was was the line art was plenty good enough to um, to know what these characters would look like in, in 3D in real life. So um, I was just redoing these characters as they appeared in the comic. Not much sketch, you know, didn't have to get really any approvals for that. Just had to, you know, I knew what they expected. But things were that hadn't been done before, um, you know, like what would a doc look like in this world? you know because i i couldn't find for the life of me couldn't find any docs in the comic
0: <laughs> okay um, stuff
1: like that i had to just kind of sh- show them some design sketches first and and make sure we're on the same page
0: now you're um typically when you paint you're still working with brushes and the the board and doing like a gouache thing and then you've been coloring digitally was it the same process for this no no
1: <clears throat> originally i i developed that method because I, was broke. <laughs> I okay. was broke and gouache is expensive. So I just paint, I buy two tubes, black and white. I paint black and white in a grayscale, and then colorize it. I now paint in full color um, because it just looks better. Um, when you develop your tones in, in black and white and then lay color over it, it, it works if you're going to have a sort of desaturated look, but if you ever want vibrant color or, and, and, and there's a great amount of depth missing when you shade and just gray and then color over it. Um so by painting in, in full color I think the works a lot better now. Um and I just decided one day once I had the money just just to spend money on a set and then all I have to do worry about is like every month to replenish whatever's whatever I'm running low on. Um but it is it, it buying those paints is almost like buying a kindle. You know, if you gotta buy all the colors or um yeah. uh what am I or not a kindle, uh, what are they called that you draw on? Satique? Oh, Satique, <laughs> yeah. Like
0: a- the yeah. Thing, but yeah,
1: yeah, it's a big initial investment, but after you do it, you know, it's much cheaper. It was kind of that way with paints. You know, the the process of digital colorization over over grayscale um, was only a temporary solution for me.
0: OK, that's interesting, because it's it, it seems like more people that I I follow their blogs. They are moving in the opposite direction and they're learning the whole process of. Um, they might start with coloring digitally, and then they start doing their inks and colors digitally, and then they start doing their, you know, pencils, inks, and colors all digitally.
1: <laughs> well, I, I always like to go the uh, other direction.
0: <laughs> you will do anything to buck the system, yeah, man. Yeah,
1: exactly. No, I I, <laughs> I think that, that digital is great for, um you know, for, for even pencils, but certainly for inks and coloring. Um, I think... As a painter, I think digital painting um i have i I'm a fan of a lot of digital painters, but I just don't think the technology's there yet to get exactly what I want um
0: It's great when you um have to erase a mistake
1: <laughs> well, that's nice uh also <laughs> save as you go you know there's no like just recently I killed two pages, had to redo both of them because I spilt water on them
0: <laughs> Oh no no I was thinking God, if I was
1: working digitally, I could have just saved as I went <laughs> you know but um. <clears throat> But I, I can still. My problem is I can still see the difference between digital, and and um, and I guess analog, <laughs> traditional media. <laughs> um, so as long as I can still tell the difference, it's the technology isn't there to get what I want yet. I, I think it's getting there. I think it'll, uh, you know, eventually get there because it's made great strides. But to me, I can still tell. So okay. uh, plus, I you know. As it is definitely like ten times more expensive to work in traditional media, but you do get to sell the art afterwards.
0: Right. That was actually going to be my, uh, you know, my next question would be you, you know, that you always had a big log for commissions that you would go through at a convention, and you still oh, yeah. need to be able to have those skills because it's different skills. I mean, it is. You yeah. need, so you need to be able to ha- still have those skills to draw with a pencil and use a brush or, you know, a Sharpie. I mean, whatever your tool is Um, and your tool. (laughs) Um, So the are you are you still maintaining that uh, that sort of high volume of commissions? Because I know like a lot of like, you know, you were one of those guys that you would then still you would leave the show and you'd still have two more things to work on.
1: Yeah.
0: Back in the room, you know. I mean, yeah. are, you, are you slowing down at all? Or are you still keeping that pace?
1: It's. I mean, I, I always have more demand than I do time to do it at cons, which I'm grateful for. Um, it's just, it. I have trouble saying no, so. <laughs> so like you okay. said, I, I'm always ended up have to go back to the hotel room and, and do a couple more, or, or um, and I, I started taking pre-commissions, thinking that will. Um, that will prevent this from happening. But then I get a lot of pre commissions and then get there and still get as many commissions. It's just, um, I'm enjoying it. I'm glad I'm that busy at cons (laughs) and, um, I enjoy doing commissions because some of the best ideas people come up with are fans, you know, or where editors are constrained. They can't do this. You know, like I love doing the crossover stuff that people come up with at, at cons. Um, and you know, I think if, if I could live on commissions, I would do that. I just think the commissions would dry up if I don't publish something eventually.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
1: But I mean, I I if yeah, if I could make a living just doing commissions all the time, I think I would I would be a much happier person because they they are fun.
0: Well, plus the traveling that you get to do too because, you know, you're you're not sticking locally. When it, you know, that's it's Yeah. Some people really only get, stay in their home base area, but you like you said you just got back from London. Mhm. Did you do Toronto as well?
1: <clears throat> no, I did not. Actually, last year was my busiest uh, con year, and I, I vowed this year to do no more than one a month, um, although I'm breaking that this, this month. <laughs> I'm doing both Awesome Con in, in Washington, D.C., and C2E2. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, love the, I love the traveling. Um, it, it, if you're working on something, it can get in the way, so you've got to really be careful. Um, like I said, last year, I, I just wasn't thinking. I was just excited that I got so many invites. I said yes to almost everybody uh, and fell behind on everything. <laughs> I was
0: going to say you have a schedule to keep yeah. and you've got, you know, five issues to get out and, you you know, people are depending on those and soliciting those at specific times.
1: Exactly. Well, the the, the published work always has to come first, you know, and that's just that's, that's the unfortunate fact of life. Um, if I, if again, if I could do commissions and, and just travel all the time, if I could, like, like Will Wheaton seems to do, I would fucking do that. All right. <laughs> it,
0: it just looks like
1: fun. I mean, but
0: make money off of commissions and podcasting. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'd be everybody's um, best friend.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the, the, no, the other thing that you had to bounce back from is the, Hurricane Superstorm Sandy thing where you pretty much lost everything.
1: I'd almost forgotten all about that.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I've now I've now triggered the PTSD. I remember you said yeah. the cat and the beer. And <laughs> the cat
1: and the beer, yes. Uh, the the cat fought us every step of the way.
0: <laughs> and but I mean it was one of those things where you you know you wanted to go back to California. Everything was destroyed in New York, so you're like, I guess I'm going.
1: Yep. It, it actually, um, it was a great motivator. I, you know, at the time, if I'd, I I'm talking about this, I would never say this, but saying it now, I think it was really the best thing that happened to me. Best thing ever happened. Um, cause it just kind of gave me the kick in the ass I needed. Also just, I just, something almost liberating when you first lose all your shit, it's, it's horrible. But afterwards it's almost like I got no more shit to worry about. It's amazing how much you think about all your shit. You don't know you're thinking about it. <laughs> but
0: yeah. um, just expect it to be there.
1: Yeah, and, and I have a I have that collector bug, you know, ever since I was a kid. It's like, oh I gotta keep everything. I love you know. You know, but I also have that um efficiency thing where I, I don't want my stuff cluttered all up. Um that conflict went away. That decision was made for me. <laughs> you have no more shit. It was kind of yeah. it after a while, after you get over the, the initial shock, it's kind of a good thing, and it got yeah, it got me out to Long Beach, which uh, because
0: it was it was certainly not visible, um, you know, from like from an outside perspective because I mean we have all the same friends, so I know that everybody pitched in and did whatever they could to help you guys out and you know send you you know new supplies and new clothes and everything that you needed, yeah, and. But from like an outside perspective, as as I was watching this take place on social media, you have this, you know, you had this attitude where it was like, yep, okay, this is what I'm handed. Now I got to deal with it. Like, you know, <laughs> like I didn't see a breakdown. I never saw a meltdown, and I would have obviously just lost it.
1: it well, it, you know, I don't mean to sound like I'm complaining, but the amount of stress you're on with deadlines, anyways, a hurricane's almost nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like oh this is nothing I was working on uh, Star Trek Doctor Who at the time and it was immense pressure near the end um, as all the lead time got eroded as happens you know when you're working with properties the lead time got a little eroded so now I've got four weeks to get each issue done and it was just crazy crazy pressure and then all of a sudden I got like this three day vacation I mean it was freezing cold in the rain but hey I'll take it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, we were like, you know, we were out here with chainsaws chopping up, you know, every fallen tree to have firewood, and it still lasted. Like, this, the firewood that we're burning today is still left <laughs> over from, from hurricane trees.
1: Wow, after this winter you had, that's saying a lot. Didn't you have, like know. a 10-month winter this year?
0: Yeah, it felt like it. Yeah, it absolutely did. Mm-hmm. It snowed, like, every other day. Um, I've never but been yeah. so
1: happy to be in Long Beach. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. I was like so. Jealous. I'm, I'm like everybody's oh, going I'm, like
1: we got twelve feet of snow. I'm like, fuck this, I'm going to the beach.
0: Yeah, I'm like I'm like where is Boom Studios located? Do they have a job? Can I go? I'm, like IDW's out there. I'm like, who else is out there? Like, uh
1: lots of people.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, and and my mother actually shocked me the other day because i what? i was talking about c2e2 i was like i'm because this winter has literally just taken its toll on me and i've been ready to become a tv news headline going insane <laughs> and um so i just need to like get the fuck out of town like so bad like i need to get out of the out of the house i need to do something besides go to my job and go do something and C2H is going on, you know, going on. And I'm like, I'm just going to book the flight and I'm going to go. And there's no hotels anywhere because they're all booked up. And my mother, she's just like, well, how much would it be to go to San Diego? And I, I was just like, about three grand. And she's like, oh, okay, never mind. Wait, but that um, would it be three grand for a round trip. Well, no, I mean, for, like, the whole expense. All of it, like the, yeah, yeah. Like, they actually, everything that, that encompasses it. But I wasn't about to try to explain that there's, like, a hotel lottery. Like, it is so massive that you can't just go get a room. You can't just get a flight and get a room in July for San Diego.
1: No. no. It,
0: it, it's it's a process. and And I don't know that she would understand the magnitude of it. It's like, no, you know, like... Getting a, you know having a weekend getaway that doesn't involve a comic con that's what normal people do normal non not nerdy people go on to travelocity and they book a flight in a hotel and they're done but we apparently have this thing where you have to like refresh but if you refresh too much then it locks you out and oh my god and now you've been charged <laughs> five times on your credit card yeah <laughs> it's
1: it's so insane. I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm definitely going because, you know, IDW, I just, you know, I don't worry about passes or anything, but I still, you know, where the hell do you stay? Um, there are a couple of secret places I know about that are in not so nice areas um, and they're shitty rooms, but they're like a mile away. So it's actually walking distance that I found that seem to always be open till the very last minute, although that's changing every year. Um, but that's usually what I rely on.
0: Well, this is, now, see, if this was you 20 years ago, you just would have been like, I don't care if I'm sleeping in an alley. Yeah. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> well, the hotels I'm talking about, it's almost as bad, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you open the window and you, you see the freeway,
0: <laughs> you know, that kind of hotel. But I'm glad to see that steady work has raised your standards.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't still sleep on the sidewalk some nights, and just, but that's by accident now.
0: Well, you know, I know that when you and Daryl would go down to the pub, there were there were plenty of nights where I'd be like, I lost my phone in a ditch. <laughs> it's like, of course, J.K. lost another iPhone. Of course he did. Oh, I
1: remember that one time I I fell asleep on the uh, at the at Hudson Park, like at the park there, at the bar <laughs> on the. On the on the river. I just like found a bush and I'm like, I'm just, I am don't feel like getting on the subway. I'm just going to go to sleep here. And then I got up in the morning because I, I saw joggers' feet going by and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm the fucking drunk, homeless guy. <laughs> I got really <laughs> like, embarrassed and I jumped out of the bush, probably scared the shit out of him and ran across the street and was like, I got to get home and left my phone there.
0: It's just like Margot Kidder. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's, it's
1: a really bad night when you wake up in bushes. Yeah. <laughs> but it happens.
0: Oh, it occasionally happens. And sometimes you're a Hollywood star and sometimes you're a comic book artist.
1: <laughs> sometimes you're just a crazy person.
0: Right. Well, I'll take that one. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't made it in Hollywood yet, but, uh, so speaking of conventions, though, okay, so you got C2, E2 and, um, well, an awesome cons happening. Uh, you're gonna pop by San Diego. So, um, what other cities can people expect to find you?
1: Uh, let's see. I, I have something in Florida, but everything else is like September. Hold on, let me look at. This. I actually have a calendar. The fall,
0: the fall, yeah, the fall does get really, really busy. Are you coming back to New York?
1: Um, yes, I'll be back in New York for the regular NYCC. I know they have a new one. I'm not gonna make that one the the pro one they're doing. Um, yeah, I'm going to be. Let's see, after San Diego in September, I'm going to be in Granite State Con, which is in Manchester, New Hampshire.
0: Okay, right. Heard good things about that. Yeah, you know,
1: and let's see, awesome Con C2E2 Manchester. The, there's a Doctor Who Con in Florida. I haven't had all the details yet, but they they already confirmed me. Um, and that's in October, and I think that's it. I think that's it this year. I had um, two last month and two the month before, so I think my uh, my whole one-a-month thing means I took 12, but they just all happen to be grouped together. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good. So, but we yeah, need to I, keep, keep I will be on the
1: it. East Coast for, for Awesome Con. I'll be on the East Coast for New York Con and uh, the New Hampshire thing.
0: Sweet. I know that, you, you know, that's your roots, right, up there. You know, did you miss it when, you know...
1: Um, you know, I thought I missed it and then for four months after the hurricane I lived in Maine and just yeah. couldn't wait to get out. <laughs> it's 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 nice. It's it's definitely I see why I definitely understand why people vacation there. But I get I get bored in the woods. Too <laughs> <Cube> city now.
0: <laughs> All right, JK. Well, um where can people follow you um online and make sure that they they don't miss any announcements about all of these projects because you sound so incredibly
1: busy. Ah, uh, yeah. Well wait till this autumn when we can actually announce them all officially, but <laughs> um, right. yeah, I'm, they can follow me on Twitter. I'm uh, JK Woodward. I'm James Kenneth Woodward on Facebook. Um, and I occasionally post things on my blog. I, I do a lot of that um, process stuff. So while I'm working, I'll sometimes take pictures of what I'm working on, put them up on, um, jkwoodwardart.blogspot.com
0: yeah those are always fun i love those when you do them
1: yeah i like doing that i I, I used to love seeing stuff like that when i was um when i was trying to learn because i couldn't you know i didn't go to school for this i just learned from other people so it's my way of giving back just show what i'm doing if I can uh and plus it helps answer all those questions you get over and over again you know
0: right uh, yeah, especially if uh, you know people have questions about materials and um, steps that you've taken, and how to fix you know mistakes or change a concept if you've already started. With yep. that. Yeah, and
1: it also provides a good forum for people to ask questions too. Like if, you know, if you go to my blog, ask me questions if you want. If I post a process and you have a question about it, please ask because um, I'm a giver.
0: <laughs> yes. yes, and I know that you love the mashups, so yeah. people can definitely hit you up on Twitter with mashup suggestions just to, like, oh, yeah. exercise your brain a little.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're so fun. I challenge you to find a mashup I haven't done yet. I, I be-
0: know. I don't think I could because <laughs> <laughs> you've probably done Hello Kitty Darth Vader already.
1: No, I have done Hello Kitty Darkside, but not Darth Vader. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> 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 All right. So, uh, what are you drinking these days before before I let you go?
1: Well, today tea because I'm sick. But um, okay. Um, bourbon usually. I uh, I really I really got a fondness for the bullet bullet bourbon. That's
0: yeah. I know. I'm almost done with mine. That's great. Oh,
1: it's it's good stuff. It's good. It's good stuff if you can afford right it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right now I'm I'm finishing off my second uh, honey Jack Daniels and ginger ale for the day. Ooh. Yeah, it's delicious. You have to like sweet. You have to really like
1: yeah. sweet. I usually just drink it, you know, bourbon with ice or straight. Right. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm the not, honey not that Jack- by drinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's just it. That's You know, you can drink that Honey Jack Daniels like right out of the bottle, and it tastes like medicine. Like if you can't sleep tonight because you're coughing, that is my prescription for you.
1: Honey Jack Daniels, okay. Well, that's yeah. pretty much what NyQuil is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it tastes, like, it tastes like the old Luden's cough drops. Ooh. So, like that? No, there was a honey one. There was a honey flavored cough drop that I can remember in the 70s when I was a kid. I used to oh, treat yeah. them like candy. I would go to the drugstore and like that was what I would buy instead of candy. Would be cough drops because I'm a dork. You're weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it tasted like the honey cough drops, and that's and you know it was great when I was sick. So and about now it's a month got again. the
1: added added bonus of getting you drunk
0: of, of Jack Daniels.
1: <laughs> Seriously.
0: It's it's I'm such a grown up now. <laughs> oh, so I don't know. So maybe I'll maybe I'll be able to drag my ass to see Captain America after this. I don't know.
1: It's it's, it's worth seeing. I like it. Um, I don't I don't know why everybody's saying it's the greatest superhero movie ever done, though, because, you know, it's great, but not that great.
0: Yeah, but, I don't think I've seen anything since Iron Man three. I have I missed the second Thor movie. I have missed everything. Yeah. So um, it'll be on Netflix at some point.
1: I think yeah. I think Thor Two is already, isn't it? Or is that just pay per view? Uh,
0: I don't think it's out yet. I think okay. it's still. Yeah, I think the Blu-rays might have just come out or something. I don't.
1: Nowadays, I have everything hooked through my smart TV, so I'm just like, uh, I don't know if it's Netflix I'm watching or what it is. But
0: yeah. You just kind of That's do a
1: search a- for whatever you want to see, and it just magically comes up on the Talisman. <laughs> That's
0: a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> and at some point you won't even have to use your hands you'll just be able to think it like show me Avengers 2 and it'll just pop up
1: oh my god that would be the worst invention because I've got such ADD the channel would just be (laughs) switching all the time because it'd be locked into my brain (laughs) no I don't want to watch this anymore I want to watch something else (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like that little kid on X2 that kept blinking his eyes and changing the channels
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god All right, well, I will let you get going since you have deadlines and stuff. I don't want to be responsible for delaying
1: you. Oh, it's all right. I'll blame you anyway.
0: Okay. (laughs) Chris can call me. He can yell at me.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me on, though. This was fun.
0: Oh, it's always fun. It's good to catch up. All right, guys, you can follow me at Elizabeth Amber on Twitter and everything else is at AmberUnmasked.com. Thanks for listening.